You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after a 10-6 loss for the Atlanta Braves, who opened up their homestand with the first of three against the St. Louis Cardinals. And they kind of got beat at their own game, which is score a whole bunch of runs, hit a whole bunch of home runs, and get up big early, and then see if you can't close out a win. The Cardinals haven't done a whole lot of that this year. In fact, they've never done it to the Atlanta Braves in 2023, but they take the opener of this three-game set. we got a lot to talk about on this one. The Braves did their fair share of slugging as well. And unfortunately, we got some bad news for Michael Soroka, who had a tough night in his return from the minor leagues. We'll get into all of that and preview game two of the series. But first, I want to remind you to subscribe to Lockdown Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Click that bell. You'll get a notification every time we drop a new episode. Make sure that you leave us a like, leave us a comment, share the show with a friend, and subscribe to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake, this is just kind of one of those nights for the Braves. They don't have them too terribly often. And after the 8-2 and two road trip, it's you know, hard not to imagine that they might have come home and might have been moving a little bit slowly today, but the offense woke up late. Unfortunately, they dug just too big of a hole in the first four or five innings. Yeah, they did. The pitching staff, an unfortunate game for Michael Soroka, not just the results, what happened afterwards, which I know we'll get into. So, uh, yeah, just one of those games for the Braves. They hit the ball really well, honestly, throughout. Just a little bit of bad luck, some great plays defensively by the Cardinals. Yeah, we could probably in, encapsulate this whole thing in looking at the bad ball luck and noticing that the Braves didn't have a whole lot going in that category, though they did hit the ball hard quite a bit, hit four home runs in this game. They didn't strike out altogether that much either. So just kind of one of those nights and one of those days. And unfortunately, as we've uh, touched on and, and hinted at, there's some bad news for Michael Soroka as well. Game number 137 of the year for the Braves. Cardinals take it. They improved to 60-78. and 78. They scored 10 runs, 12 hits, no errors, four men left on base. Braves take the loss. They're 90 and 47, still the best record in baseball. Six runs, 11 hits, no errors. They left nine men on base. Braves just one hit with runners in scoring position. All of their home runs, all four of them, were solo shots as well. Miles Michael is the winner, seven and 10. Michael Soroka takes the loss, drops to two and two. Two hours, 43 minutes time of game, 33,553 paid to see it at Truist Park. Let's start with Michael Soroka. And unfortunately, I don't know, Jake, if you're a good news, bad news person. There was not much good news for Michael Soroka in this one and for the Braves. Not a whole lot of good news, obviously, on a night that they lose 10-6, to 6, but we might as well get the bad and the worst news out of the way. Just a three-inning stint for him, five earned runs, a couple of home runs allowed, and an early exit after just 60 pitches. Brian Snicker revealing after the game, Soroka revealed that he was dealing with some numbness in the fingers of his right hand, going to be headed to the injured list, and this is just the latest in what has been a string of unfortunate events for Michael Soroka the past two to three years. And at this point, after getting back, making it all the way through the season to get into September, it's unfortunate to see it take another turn as far as injury is concerned. It is. You really hate it for this guy. I mean, there's some personal bias in here. I want to see Soroka pitch. I want to see the guy come back and do well because I just think he's a great guy and he's gone through so much. I guess if you want to look at the one good thing about this, it happened at the end of the year and he's got pretty much, you know, a full season under his belt, kind of working his way back. And now it's the end of the season. So he can just shut it down. And then hopefully it's not that big of a deal and get ready for next season. But certainly, you know, hate to see this happen to Soroka having another injury like this. So again, hopefully it's nothing major and he's able to kind of just get a, a fresh off season and come back next year, but we ought to see what happens. But in terms of this game, it's such a weird outing for Michael Soroka because you look at the peripherals of this start, 79.8 mile per hour average exit velocity against. That's insanely good. He only gave up two hard hit balls in this game. 
They both left the yard very, very quickly as they were absolutely destroyed. Eight whiffs on 19 swings, including four of six on that slider. 23 called strikes plus whiffs. So that's a very good number for only throwing 60 pitches. So there's a lot to like from Soroka in this game. And who knows how long or how much he pitched while dealing with that numbness in the fingers. So, again, it's unfortunate, again, just talking about the results-wise, we knew the location and command is with anybody that's out for a while, especially out two and a half years, is going to be the last thing to come, and that still seems to be what he's battling. But now, unfortunately, he's dealing with another injury on top of that as well. Yeah, and that's the really unfortunate part about all of this. You know, Clearly, he would have liked to have closed out this season with maybe a couple of high notes at the big league level and whatever opportunities he was going to get to throw for Atlanta down the stretch. Brian Snicker talking before the game, saying, you know, just what a good thing it was for Michael Soroka to get to this point of the season, make all of his starts, not have to deal with things like this. And then, uh, of course, this is uh, unfortunately the turn that it takes. And the three innings of work that he got in in this one was kind of Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, the couple of home runs notwithstanding, it seemed like he was going to miss some bats, maybe have himself a, a nice little start. But it just wasn't to be in this night. And obviously the bad results went to worse when it came to the news of the potential injury. We don't know the extent of it yet, so obviously can't dwell on it for too long. You just, as you said, personal bias. It's hard not to let it get in there. If you've spent any amount of time around Michael Soroka or just gotten to know him, even as a, from the fan perspective, whatever the case is, this is a guy that's easy to root for. He's a guy that was incredibly good in his first year and a half in the big leagues, and now he's going to have to potentially deal with something else. Really hope it's not the major and hope that Michael Soroka is able to go into this winter get himself rested, recharged, and ready for whatever 2024 has to hold for him. So we'll put that over to the side. Obviously, you know, well wishes for Michael Soroka for a speedy recovery for whatever he is dealing with, and we'll pass along more info as we get to know that. Uh, looking at the Braves lineup, there were some good things on this night. Unfortunately, they just found themselves with the five runs given up by Michael Soroka, a four spot that was put up on the board uh, against Colin McHugh as well, and a late home run against Michael Tonkin. The Cardinals were able to push it into double digits. The Braves, Jake, they just kept hitting the home runs, but they just couldn't hit these homers with anybody on base. Ozzie Albies got Atlanta on top with his first inning solo shot. Austin Riley and Matt Olson went back-to-back, but the Braves at that point were down by a 9-1 score. That is the seventh time this season of the Braves' 15 back-to-back homers that Matt Olson and Austin Riley, in some order, have done it, and that is the most by a pair of teammates since Barry Bonds and Rich Aurelia. Save that one for your immaculate grid. Uh, They did that in 2001, Giants teammates back then. Uh, But the Olsen and Riley show, I know it's had some highs and lows for both those guys this year. But, I mean, when it comes to power, this is a pretty serious duo in the heart of the Braves order. And, oh, by the way, Marcelo Zuna, that guy, he hit another home run in this one as well. Yeah, such power right there in the middle of the order. But it really does come down to, I think, Riley and Olsen. I mean, those are your three and four hitters. You need those guys to get going. A little bit of a dry spell for both of those guys here lately, but Olsen now home run and and back-to-back game. So hopefully he's starting to get that stroke back. So those are your key guys. Like I said, those are your three and four hitters. Typically you're going to be hitting with guys on base, whether it be Acuna or Michael Harris batting in front of them. So typically and hopefully you're going to get those multi-run homers uh, in big spots going forward but you know that's why those guys have a lot of rbis matt olson leading the league in rbis now leading the league in home runs as well i mean he's been doing it pretty much all season he's had his little spurts cold spells here and there but i feel like he's done a good job of limiting it limiting it to you know a week and really no longer than two weeks so uh great to see him get another home run and hopefully again he's about to go on another tear 
yeah, it does look like it's entirely possible because once you see Matt Olson really starting to dial it in on that launch angle, he can hit home runs in bunches. We've learned that this year. Great single-season home run leaders. I'm keeping a track of this on social media if you follow me at Grant McCauley on just about any platform. Uh, but the tracker is going to be going for as many home runs as Matt Olson wants to hit this year. The record's Andrew Jones in 2005 with 51, so Olson now just six home runs away from matching that, seven home runs away from breaking it. Henry Aaron had 47 home runs in 1971. Eddie Matthews did the same in 1953. 46 for Eddie Matthews in 1959. And Matt Olson joins Hank Aaron and Chipper Jones with 45 home runs as he is just the third man to reach that plateau right there. And again, he could pop up a couple of more spots. It could happen on this homestand. It could happen that quick for Matt Olson. But very elite company when you're on a list that includes the names of Henry Aaron, Eddie Matthews, and uh, Andrew Jones and Chipper Jones, as far as Matt Olson's concerned. Yeah, and I mean, again, what he's doing, what this team's doing historically with the home runs this year, you know, now that kind of puts him a little bit more on pace, too, to hopefully break that 2019 record. I'm just tired of seeing those 2019 home run records up there, so I want to see the Braves pass that. But it's just been an incredible season that Matt Olson has had. Like I said, had that little drought there. Uh, I think it was August 16th on where he didn't hit home run until this past Sunday. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, He's been really consistent this year. Even if the home runs aren't coming, he's done a great job getting on base as well with the walk. So uh, just really been a a force in this lineup. Yeah, and outside of uh, Cole Spell, the first three games of that Dodgers series, I believe he had hit hit in seven straight games on that road trip coming into that, or at least had a six or seven game hitting streak going on. And as you mentioned, was finding his way on base. The home runs just dried up for 18 games. And that seemed very un-Matt Olsen-like. On the whole, for the Braves, with four more home runs on Tuesday, they're up to 263 as a team this season, seventh most in a single season by any club in Major League Baseball history. Next up, the 1997 Seattle Mariners had 264 home runs. Then you'll find the 2018 Yankees and a whole bunch of Jake's favorites from 2019 are all jumbled up the top four uh, all-time, which I believe goes to Twins, the Yankees, the Astros, and then the Dodgers, all four of those clubs in 2019, putting up insane home run totals in the Braves. Uh, with a very sizable lead over every other club in baseball when it comes to home runs. Just weren't able to hit enough of them with runners on base in this game. Uh, you mentioned if you can get some guys on base, it typically is Ron Lacuna Jr. and Michael Harris. Well, Harris was three for four, had a double, did score a run, robbed a home run in this game as well, so a little run prevention for him. A rare 0 for 5 for Ron Lacuna Jr. in this game. You don't see that too terribly often out of the Braves' leadoff man and MVP front runner, in my opinion. And you don't see it too often, and especially when all five balls hit put in play were hard-hit balls. So that's kind of difficult to do, but kind of the night that Acuna had. And honestly, as good as the offense was, it was the kind of night that they had. 16 hard-hit balls against Miles Michaelis in this one. I mean, uh, they stung the ball. They scored six runs. They did enough. Pitching obviously held them back in this one. But it just, again, it, it feels like another one of those games for this offense that even though they put up five or six runs, you feel like they could have done a lot more with the way that they just continually blister the baseball. Yeah, there were some of those, what are they called, loud outs. And there were a couple of Tommy Edmond catches early in this game that really kind of seemed to signal to you that it might be one of those nights for the Braves. Yeah, I know Rob Marcelo Zuna then made a diving catch as well in the early portion of this contest. It could have changed things. I mean, if you get to Miles Michaelis early, start piling up base hits, extra base hits at that, you get him on the ropes and get into the Cardinals' bullpen in the second, third, or fourth inning, I think we've seen that story play out pretty well for the Braves, but not to be in game one of this three-game series. Good news is, as far as the race for best record in the National League, the Dodgers also lost to the Miami Marlins, so Atlanta maintains its six-game advantage over L.A. uh, as far as best record is concerned in home field throughout the postseason. 
that's one of those, Jake, where you don't want to go take three out of four from the Dodgers and then kind of come home and stumble while L.A. went down to Miami and had some trouble of its own. And uh, you know they were obviously trying to make up a game if they could considering the head-to-head battle against the Braves did not go their way. Yeah, and, you know, it's definitely one of those things you don't want to squander that, but it's also the they've allowed you know allowed themselves the opportunity to have that little bit of cushion now because they won that series like we talked about the other day. But Braves are going to get back on track. We're going to talk about it in a second. You got your two best starters coming up in these next two games. Yeah, and that obviously is something that could put the Braves right back in the driver's seat in this series, and we'll talk about game three. In just a moment. Before we do that, I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors. Is this episode of the Braves Postcast is brought to you by Sleeper. The MLB playoffs right around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to get 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. And baseball has never been more exciting than it is now. You got studs like Ron Lacuna Jr., Mookie Betts, Shohei Otani, and so many more. Heck, how about the whole Braves lineup? They're doing some historic things. Pick more or less on stats for three stars. And if you look at runs, hits, strikeouts, whatever you like, for up to a 100 time payout. On Sleeper. Get your picks right and you could win big. Use the promo code locked on. You'll get a hundred dollar match, up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Of course, terms and conditions apply, but check out Sleeper today. Check out the Braves tomorrow. They'll be in action at Truist Park as they continue this little six game homestand with game two against the Cardinals and Spencer Strider on the mound. Dakota Hudson will, will tow the rubber for the Cardinals. Strider looking to continue piling up wins. He's, uh, what, Jake, probably got four more starts at least this year, maybe five. I think four is probably the odds-on favorite. But speaking of odds-on favorites, how about the Cy Young race? If Strider is able to pull off a nice little four-start winning streak, gets himself to 20 wins, he might just find himself with the inside track on that award because he's leading the world in strikeouts. He certainly is. I've been saying it for a while. Really, the key for him is he's just got to put up zeros. He's got to lower that ERA if he does that. I think he has a very good shot to do so. And in order to put up those zeros, got to keep the ball in the ballpark. It's something that's plagued him all year long. It plagued him in that last start. He was dominant, rolling along. Then he gave up that three-run home run and just completely blew up his line. It feels like that's happened a, a good bit this year for Spencer Strider. And you see how powerful this Cardinals lineup is. Hitting has not really been their issue. It's the pitching side of things. So it's a very dangerous Cardinals lineup. And as we saw on Tuesday night, he had a lot of power. So I'd like to see Spencer Strider be able to keep that ball in the yard. Strider 16-4 and four on the year. He's got a 356 ERA, as Jake mentioned. The final line in a handful of these starts, including that last one against the Dodgers, does not really seem to indicate just how dominant Spencer Strider has been pretty much bell-to-bell this season. A couple of hiccups, a couple of clunkers that every pitcher is going to have, but by and large, there's been just the occasional ill-timed home run. Not that you can really pick a good time for one, but for Strider, it seems like it always comes with a runner or two on pace and really kind of undoes some of the great work that he has done throughout those starts. The good news is, though, that the Braves uh, thus far in 27 starts, Spencer Strider has made, well, they're 22-5. and five. So an 800-plus winning percentage, you'll take that. Uh, just about every time out. And if you can get it out of five different starters, you might do something nobody's ever seen before. Be that as it may, Dakota Hudson will be on the mound for the Cardinals. He's 5-1 with a 402 ERA. First pitch is 7.20 p.m. Eastern time at Truist Park on Wednesday. That's going to wrap us up for this edition of the Braves postcast. Unfortunately, Atlanta coming up short in a 10-6 loss. An unfortunate injury news for Michael Soroka, who is likely heading to the injured list and has likely thrown his last pitch of the season for the Atlanta club. We'll be back at you after game two of this series and taking you throughout this homestand, of course, right on down the stretch. And then the postseason will be in the offing. So a lot of exciting things are ahead for us right here on the Braves postcast. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta. Click that bell. You'll get a notification every time we drop a new episode. Leave us a like. Leave us a comment. Subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you next time. And until then, so long. 
Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 